is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What's up, Michigan? It is day three. After the Lions' loss in San Francisco, I promise to get over this. I'll go with June when it's golf season. Because we're going to be talking about the Lions. You're watching the Senior Bowl, which Roman Wilson, that, that guy might be sliding into the first round. Oh, my Lord. He'd look great in a Lions uniform, maybe at, at the end of the first round. But we're going to be talking about the Lions and the NFL draft is in Detroit. So the Lions are front and center right in into the combine and the free agency, which begins, I think, that second week in March. Now, I, I am changing my tune on the Super Bowl, and I'm actually going to root for San Francisco. And let me explain this. Because this nonsense now, and I'm hearing Colin Coward in the media and defending Taylor Swift. I don't dislike Taylor Swift personally. I don't listen to her music. I don't care about her love life. And I don't care about Travis Kelsey's love life. I mean, if my show was about my love life every day, we'd never be able to talk about sports. So I don't do that to you. I don't talk about the celebrities I date. I talk about the Lions. I talk about the Wings, the Pistons. Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, will join us. He went out there on a trip to the NFC Championship game. I don't talk to him about my love life. We're going to talk about the Lions losing. And are they going to move the state championships out of Ford Field because the Lions lost? I don't know. There's a lot to get to. <laughs> oh, but And so many people, like, because I say, look, I have a right to say I don't like her music. I don't follow her. I don't want to see her in the suites, uh, hugging and kissing after the game. NFL fields aren't for – it's not like you know, the no turnaround at the end of the road. It's not a make-out lot. And then people are like, oh, you're just being – and you're being rude. I'm rude. I'm not rude. I don't want it. I have a right to have my opinion like everybody does in America. It's not the thing that seems to work lately. But I have my right. And I walk in and Superfly goes right away. Right away says, I don't understand why you don't like Taylor Swift. And he goes, look, I'll be honest. I'm a Swifty. And I'm like, can I fire you? What can I do right now? Not not on the week when the Lions blew a 24-7 lead. It's a very edgy week right now for me. And I'm getting through it. This show is... Mental therapy. 
because we got a plus yesterday on Ben Johnson staying. I think there's a message inside Allen Park, which is one of the best cultures in sports right now, that these dudes know. They know they blew an opportunity and they want to get back there. And that will be their off-season mantra. That will be the theme when the NFL draft and everything's rolling through Detroit at the end of April, right? That will be a theme. That we were close, we had it, and we gave it away. You got to give Niners credit. They got a ton of talent, right? Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, Purdy, as much as you look at him and go, you know, I don't think that guy's that good. All he does is win. He's like a taller Doug Flutie. All he does is win. And it scrambles. How can you scramble when you're pulling a piano like that? How can you scramble when you're that slow? Oh, so I'll get over that. We'll talk to Mark in a moment. He was out there with the Suns. What a trip, man. Halftime. Well, I think I even texted him. And we'll talk about that at halftime. I'm texting everybody. This is a problem. I'm talking to Marty Boer for the Michigan Sports Network. We're making plans for Vegas. We're going to do five shows. We're going to be out there with DraftKings. We're going to be at the Cosmopolitan. We're doing all this. I'm going to the ABC parties. Could be in a suite with LeBron James who just signed on with DraftKings. No. Now I'm here having Superfly tell me that he's a Taylor Swift fan. That's how quick 72 hours, less than 72 hours. Oh, my Lord. And I got a, you know, I stayed up late last night. Michigan, Michigan State basketball game ended around three in the morning. If you're keeping track, I don't know how Izzo's new little grandbaby could even stay up. That kid must have had like Red Bull in a baby bottle to stay up that late. I mean, my Lord, game got over like around midnight on, on the Peacock, which people are complaining. I guess it was slow for some people. Like it would stop, and then it plays that music like, we'll return shortly. I don't want to hear that music. I want to see the game. And I'll give Michigan credit. They shot lights out in the first half, but as I said on the Huge Show Facebook and Twitter pages, they shot over 60%, and they were only up two at halftime. It's not going to last. It could. You get basketball anomalies where you just shoot lights out 40 minutes. And then Izzo and the Spartans played some defense. They coached up their team. Howard busted out some zones that, again, I'm not a basketball coach. But it, it, the coaching was the difference with Izzo and his staff against Howard. And I don't know how Juwan Howard, I'm looking at the schedule, I don't know if there's a guaranteed win the rest of the way. And that will be two straight years. And yeah, I know Ward Manuel gave him a vote of support over the weekend. Would have been nice for Jimmy to get one of those in between three national or three Big Ten championships beating Ohio State three times in a natty, but we're not going to go back in time. I did see a story that Harbaugh is getting reportedly $16 million a year. Third highest behind Belichick, who was making $20 million a year. Wow. Peyton is like $17 million, and he has the same agent as Peyton, $16 million. And if he didn't take it, Vrabel was going to get the job. But now Harbaugh in his like NFL sweater and his hat and that powder blue, he's looking like his dad. Harbaugh looks like, not that he aged, but he... He looks like somebody's grandpa coaching the Chargers instead of 
even though he wore his cleats on the private jet they show him flying back, he wears cleats like for tennis shoes. Whatever. He's hardball. He'll be missed. And McDonald now gets a Seattle job. So you have to wonder, is Minner going to go with Harbaugh? Is he going to go replace McDonald with Baltimore? Also, these Michigan coaches that they all know, will Sharon Moore take more hits on that staff? And Chris Ballas said it yesterday. There are big schools coming after their big defensive players. And you're Moore, and you've never been a head coach at Michigan. That is, this is a very... Through spring ball is a very delicate time for Michigan football. Because you can't go from the national championship to all of a sudden you're going to be 5-7 and seven next year. Can't do that. Because you know who's going to get blamed? Not Harbaugh for leaving. Sharon Moore will go on the clock. Go ask, go, go ask Howard. Hey, look how quick it can change. That's when you're making that type of money at big schools, that's how it changes. And Michigan has some talent. I'm telling you, they're not well coached. I'll, that's all I'll say. They have talent. They're just not well coached. There's no rhyme or reason. It, it looked like me playing lunchtime basketball. But then again, no one else would ever get a pass because I'd just be launching every time. You're a ball hog. Yeah, I am. I paid the 89 bucks a month for the club fee. I'm going to shoot as much as I want to. Call the police. Oh, we're not going to pick you. We don't pick. We do the chalkboard. If my name's within the five, I'm playing that next game. Word of advice, don't pass me the ball because you're never getting it back. You're a ball hog. Now, you know what? I hit six twos. I'm happy. We lost 15-12. We took the L in lunch basketball, but I was on fire. (laughs) Uh, I tell you, the Lions losing and no. Superfly saying he's a Swifty. Well, what else could happen? What else could happen right now? I don't know. Let's welcome in Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You were out there, man. I texted you at halftime. We were feeling good. You're out there with your sons, the Niners fans who are really crude. I've been to some games at the old Candlestick. They're not the friendliest fans. And Lions had the place quiet 24-7 at halftime, right? First half could not have gone any better. It, uh, yeah, maintained, you know, held the ball, controlled the clock, uh, had some timely stops. And, uh, yeah, 24-7, uh, listening to Journey at halftime, who I didn't realize was from San Francisco. Uh, but the, we think the song's from Detroit, you know, born and raised in South Detroit. Yep, San Francisco band, which was a, a, a new factoid for me. And, no, my, my oldest son, Jackson, um, he's our law school kid, and he is, since about age four, has been the most uh, dedicated Lions fan in the world. And awesome. uh, he was nervous the whole week last week, Bill, about our kicking situation. I said, okay, Jackson, because he studies it all, and uh, you know he's a former swimmer, was a college swimmer, so everything is numbers and percentages and... He said, Dad, all week, the only thing that really makes me nervous, other than our defensive secondary, was our kicking game. And, you know, ironically, I think, uh, you know, Dan Campbell's maybe not confidence in his kicking game probably uh, drove a couple of decisions in the second half. And I can tell you, being in that stadium, um, when the momentum flipped, it was like a tsunami. And you could just tell that the Lions just couldn't get their hands back on the wheel. Some of the photos I saw the day after – 
and videos. The Because the Niners fans are going to sit around and celebrate when they're doing the NFC Championship trophy, right? And the Lions fans in single file who paid for those great seats by the field having to come up the stairs walking by all the Niner fans. That looked like a tough walk. After they, uh, we didn't get the onside kick, it was kind of the walk of shame. Because um, part of it, when, you know, I was going to have a real dilemma. Uh, so so Jackson and I uh, traveled out together, and then our middle kid, Grant, who's at the Air Force Academy, uh, Grant flew out from Colorado, um, and the deal was that he had to be back at the Air Force Academy for class at 7.30 a.m. Monday morning. So if the Lions were going to win, we were going to take in all the post-game stuff, and then we were going to Uber or taxi Grant to the airport um, in order to catch that red-eye flight so he could be in class Monday morning. Well, when we didn't recover the onside kick, the three of us kind of ha- hightailed it out of there, and it was the walk of shame because uh, oh, and the Niners fans just gave it to us. Uh, uh, un- was it was it was it good natured or was it ugly? It was not good natured. Uh, during the first half, it was somewhat good natured. And uh, but just when the the comeback and just all that momentum, it turned really nasty, really fast. Um, and uh, like I said, getting out of there uh, to get Grant to the airport in time, that was actually the easiest part of the post game. But uh, no, just in everywhere you went out there, Bill, we were downtown San Francisco. The boys and I did dinner and breakfast in San Francisco because the stadium's about 35 miles south of town. Sunday morning, and all you saw was Lions people. I mean, it blew everywhere, and, and just the the way that you know the Michigan folks traveled, and and we love our Lions, and oh, and and I'll tell you, I I still not quite maybe the degree that you're at, but uh, um, it still bothers me. I can tell you, my my oldest son Jackson, um, it might be until the draft um, before uh, he. I think it's back. after the draft when you kind of check off football. For a few months until you get the training camp. Yep. That's what I, I said earlier. So you guys are there. They're up 24-7. You mentioned Jackson likes analytics, your son in law school. Grant, uh, backup linebacker, maybe a starter this year for the Air Force Academy out in Colorado Springs. Are you guys thinking it's game over? Are you comfortable at halftime? Uh, what's the conversation between the Yule boys? Uh, confident. And we said, you know, the biggest drive of the game is going to be with the Niners getting the ball to start the third quarter. And they take the ball down, coming out of the half, and we hold them to a field goal, which um, you could almost tell the vibe in the stadium almost was they were even more down than what they were going into the half because all we got was a field goal. And I think the, you know, and there's been a lot of pundits who have argued back and forth. I think the one that Dan Campbell would like to have back is then on that drive, you know, the fourth and three, do you try and just match field goals? What you've now done is you've kept your 17-point lead. You've now burned half of the third quarter, and, and you're really in no worse of a spot than what you started. But I And I don't think his decision, I'm not, I don't see him as being an analytics guy, but I think in the back of the mind, he had a kicker who was on the practice squad most of the year. When they activated uh, Badgley, you know, at the end of the year, he did miss two extra points. Um, and everybody says, well, if you kick the field goal at the end of the half, why wouldn't you kick it again midway through the third quarter? Well, the field goal 
at the end of the half was a bill you or I could have made that field goal. It was, I mean, a, a chip shot of about 22 yards and, you know, you're now talking over 40 yards and, and I think Campbell would have gotten it either way because he does opt to kick and let's say they miss it. Then I think folks jump all over him that you're, you're not being consistent that Dan Campbell's aggressive and you went for it. And here in a big situation, you, you put your faith in a kicker for a kick over 45 yards. I'm not sure he was, in a win situation all year long, you could tell. And I think you and I would agree the unit where there was always the most confidence was in the offense. And at the end of the day, that's where Dan Campbell pushed his chips. And on this day, he came up short. And you mentioned confidence in Campbell. And as I look back at it and you see the highlights and you, you think it through and the emotion isn't as painful that he never talked openly about his defense a lot. He didn't. You know, Glenn would have their back in those weekly pressers. Sure. And the kicking game. And and I, I don't – I think he felt when you look over there and see Debo and you see Purdy, you see a pretty good line, Kittle, McCaffrey, that, hey, we're in a really good spot, but we need to be three touchdowns up. That, that's when I might feel comfortable. And if you look at the Reynolds throw, I don't debate that first one. Because the throw was right there, couldn't have been intercepted. It's a catch that Reynolds makes 99 out of 100 times. 100% right. And if he catches it, they're at the 21 of the Niners. Now you're at 750-ish on the clock, give or take, to be exact. If you run it, if you throw it, you're going to take at least a couple of minutes with the NFL clock not stopping. So it's going to be some – now you get the field goal, you're in that – guaranteed range, or if you go stick it in the end zone, this is why I think Campbell did it, that if you, they got a field goal, you come back and drop a touchdown, it is as close to game over. Absolutely. Game over. That you, you just sent a message that our defense, which is very porous, and Hutch had his worst game as a line, maybe the worst football game he's played ever. Seriously. And yeah. They got a field goal out of half at home, and you got a touchdown. The mental edge, I think it's game over. Yeah. I really do. I I say, even if you got a field goal to match them after Reynolds makes that catch, my first thought sitting there was when he didn't catch it, that that was the game if he caught it. And the Lions are in a Super Bowl where they could win because Mahomes and Kelsey have been magic again in the postseason. But the Lions beat them with a lesser team. And I know the Chiefs weren't completely healthy. But that's Super Bowl neutral site. I get the experience of Mahomes, but Goff had been the one. I've really thought that was a Super Bowl for the taking. It was. That's the pain. It's more than just losing that game Sunday. 100% because, uh, and, and two, I'm of the age, I'm 49, and, and you look back and the, the Dan Marino thing just keeps running in my mind that, yeah, you know, here was a rookie quarterback and all of that hope and optimism, which I think a lot of us Lions fans are feeling. And, and Campbell said it, which I, I think, you know, we were talking before we went on air that it was a challenge to his team that um, there's no guarantees you're going to get back. And and I think that, that uh, Dan kind of set the, the course or the roadmap already for next year, uh, you know, right after the game Sunday. But no, Bill, that that drop on fourth down, and then the next time the offense touches the ball, it's a one play drive where Gibbs fumbles, and then uh, you know that that snowball was turning into an avalanche. Yeah, and then you had Ayuk with the 
Immaculate Reception 2. And and then even through all of that, you get to another scenario where you have a chance to tie. At that point, even with a shaky kicker for my team, it wouldn't have been go for it. It would have been try and tie it up and give them a lift right now and see if you can fight through the end. Because when you look at the end, and you look at Jamo with the great catch, and you look, the onside kick was a yard and a half yep. away from being there. The timeout they used, oh. uh, it was it killed 40-plus seconds. I There's one side of Dan Campbell who I believe sees his faults, that game management. Even the end of the first half where you didn't go for the end zone. Yep. As much as you, you settled for the field goal, you didn't go for the seven. To be up 21. You wanted three scores, but then you don't want three scores. And then you don't want to tie. And you, no one, even knowing that if you got it to 27 27, if they went down and scored, you're going to get a chance to put the thing into overtime. Either that or is Dan would roll the dice. You come down, you match their touchdown, and you go for two. Like he did the, against the Cowboys. There you go. He goes, guys, this is our, we're a two pointer from going to the Super Bowl. Yep. So I, and I like his gunslinger mentality. I love, I love Dan Campbell. I think Ben Johnson, I think the team, and this is part of how young they are. As I talked to Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com on Monday, he's never seen an NFL team go this far with so many young players. You might see them basketball or baseball once in a while, right? Sure. Hockey, right? You got, you know, young stars. But NFL is so physically demanding. And they had all these young guys. And they're that close. Uh, But where I do feel good for the future, they are built for a great run. They are. It won't be easy. Now you're the hunted. Sure. It won't feel as special as this year did, no matter how. Until they get to the Super Bowl. Now the next hump. They, they had the first playoff game ever at Ford Field against the Rams, got through that, got through Stafford, that storyline, then got to the NFC title game by beating Tampa. So now the next moment that will be euphoric for the Lions fans will be when they win that NFC championship game. Yep. And, you know, luck's involved. I mean, Mahomes can go to six straight. That guy is just unbelievable, isn't he? Amazing. I mean, he is phenomenal. So when you guys are there and it's 27-24, one, one final thought looking back at that game. Your son, Jackson, who analytics and had mentioned concern or concerns about the kicking game secondary, which you know, came to fruition in that second half. What were you guys talking about with your sons, Grant and Jackson? Kick the field goal or do you go for it when it was 27-24? Uh, it was, I think they would have both said, well, now now try and kick it. Um, because, again, to, to tie it up, and, and Jackson even said it, that if we tie it up and even if we give up a touchdown, he said, I could see us going down the field and uh, all or nothing go for two and try and win the game on the road. But, I never thought uh, about that. I never thought about the two late going for it to win it. Because, you know, when you're on the road and you get that late, late momentum, and, you know, I think that's what, what Campbell thought in Dallas. But, uh so close yet so far away, but um, 
No, and, and, and the thing is, a lot of second-guessing at Campbell this week, but what I hope listeners come away with is that guy is finally given, in my entire lifetime, I feel the Lions finally have an identity. And you may not like that identity all the time or in certain situations, but as you said, Bill, the future's bright, a lot of young players, and there's an identity for them to keep building from. And to me, that's the most exciting part. When I looked at my sons leaving for school this morning, Legend and Ace at 16 and 17, they had Lions hoodies on. Yep. That, that that state, it almost gives me goosebumps because that statement alone says they're proud of the, and they're not diehards. They had never wore Lions gear until this playoff run. They had never touched a piece of Lions gear. I'm not going to call kids bandwagon fans, but for them to go put that on going to school, they're proud to wear it now. You bet. That, that, there's a message there about where they're at. And that that steams roll or steamrolls into 10 years from now when they're 26, 27. Are they getting together with buddies and going down to Detroit or going down to Chicago or, or jumping in the car to go to Indy to watch the Lions? That, that's your experience with your two boys. Yep. That you guys had that forever, even in a loss. Even all the talking, you know, the Niner fans are nasty. Then, oh, my God, it's euphoric. They're up 24-7. This is unbelievable. They're going to Vegas. You guys are thinking, okay, Grant, you're in uh, you're in Colorado Springs at Air Force Academy. You're going to come down, uh, Jackson. We're going to go to that Super Bowl. Because I guarantee, Mark, and I'm looking at tickets now, say like twelve grand, and that's without oh. the Lions. Could you imagine if the Lions were in that Super Bowl with the tickets? Yeah, I'd be off the charts. Oh, wow. You know, yesterday I, I declared I cannot watch the Super Bowl. Because when I look at the Niners, I think about the Lions. Yep. I do. And, you know, luckily there's a week in between. I can watch flag football. I think St. Brown got added to the Pro Bowl roster. So Gibbs. <laughs> Whoopty. I don't like the, I don't like the flag football. Thing. I hate it too. I you want to do a celebrity flag football game like they used to do at the Pro Bowl, right? They did it on the beach, but didn't somebody blow out their knee? Yes. <laughs> I think I think some NFL player was it like was it Napoleon McCallum? Somebody blew out their knee. Uh, play maybe it was Woodson or something. Rod Woodson. And I just you know here's what I'm looking at the Senior Bowl. You want to hear my idea to kind of morph things together? You can do a celebrity flag football game, right, where they have fun, few players interact, but take the Senior Bowl. Put it on a Saturday night in Mobile. It's a showcase. It's the NFL Senior Bowl. Guys who are chasing NFL dreams get a showcase, and that's it. Don't do the the flag football. I'm with you. The you know make guys they get their Pro Bowl designation, so they get their 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 contract bonuses or incentives, but. I don't think that anybody really wants to watch that. We didn't want to watch the exhibition game at the end where, you know, and rightfully so, nobody wanted to play and risk injury. And it just, yeah, all this just seems incredibly contrived. And um, I'm with you. Turn the page uh, and, and just. We could honor the guys. They make all pro. They're they're recognized at halftime of this celebrity game and bring all the celebrities down and uh, former players jump in, you know, Barry, Jerry Rice, I you know, in the Senior Bowl, uh, Roman Wilson's looking really good. I'm telling you, that guy would be perfect in the Lions offense. You bet. He'll be picking at the end of the first round, and my dream is over. Last week, all I said was Roger Goodell at the podium, NFL draft in Detroit, 
with the 32nd pick, the world champion Detroit Lions. <laughs> Just wanted him to say that with that crowd there. Mm. I almost felt if they would have held on to win that game, they could have thrown a parade for winning the NFC Championship. They could have thrown a parade. <laughs> and you would have had a million people plus on Woodward. Awesome. Well, great experience for you guys. It was, yeah. The result I wish was different, but uh, yeah, a 30-hour trip trip we'll remember forever. Amen. Mark Hewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us uh, in studio. We'll get the latest uh, when it comes to high school sports in Michigan. Also more uh, on the Lions. If you want to join in, Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Also opt in on that huge text chain. Text Huge to 21,000, and you can jump in anytime you want to. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, his final thoughts on the Lions season coming up later. Clayton Safey was at the Michigan, Michigan State basketball game last night. We'll hear from Clayton, who's back in Ann Arbor. And Kyle Knight is the police chief for Harbor Springs in beautiful northern Michigan and a listener on 104.7 FM out of Petoskey. We'll have another edition of True and Blue where we put the spotlight on incredible men and women who serve and protect all across the state of Michigan. That will happen at the end of today's broadcast. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. You don't want to miss the savings this week at Meyer. Right now, get a $10 coupon when you spend $100 or more this week in store. Coupon printed at checkout. Start redeeming next week. And buy five, save $5 when you mix or match items across the store, like General Mills Cheerios and Dan and Yogurt. There are so many ways to save with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.com. TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. 
He would share for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan on an MHSAA Wednesday. You can watch live and also on demand boys and girls high school sporting events across the state. Go to MHSAA.tv. Even access to games all around the country. Go to MHSAA.tv. Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. Mike McDonald, former Wolverine defensive coordinator on the fast track. Six-year deal with the Seahawks. McDonald stays at home. I, I, don't, I don't feel Aaron Glenn is NFL ready as a head coach. I wasn't even sure about Johnson. And, and there are some different stories saying that Washington kind of cooled on him a little bit. You know, and I, I just don't sense he's ready. And maybe sometimes if you have that self-reflection and you know you're not ready and don't want to jump into it, but when there are offers of, you know, six years and $7 million bucks a season, not hardball money, it's $16 million. And he picked his strength and conditioning guy, gets to bring staff. His guy got the GM job. So it sounds like the Spanos family told hardball anything you need. And that's why I think it took so long to get the deal done because he wanted probably all this in writing because his lack of trust of those above him from his time at Michigan, which included taking a 50% pay cut, getting suspended last year for the first three games by your own institution. And in the end, those are part of everything that went down where nobody folded Jim Harbaugh for going to the NFL. And one person. No one had a negative about him leaving. But Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, got the tweets from the players, you know, emojis, the sad faces. People forget how important a strength and conditioning guy is because he's talking to those players probably more than the head coach. Uh, Not even close. That's been Grant's experience at Air Force. Loves his uh, inside linebackers coach um, and their head coach there, uh, Troy Calhoun, is he's a former uh, Air Force quarterback, so he's always been an offensive guy. But you know, Grant says, you know, I've talked to Coach Calhoun, you know, just here and there. But he said, without question, love my position coach, love the defensive coordinator. But the group that he spends without question the most time with it's the strength and conditioning staff all the off season uh, even in season they list every day lift every day um 
And you can see why some of the power programs are paying their strength and conditioning coach just as much as what they're paying their O and D coordinators because they have more impact on the culture of the team and and just the fit of that team. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, firsthand through my own kid. Yeah, Sharon Moore was the right choice to try and keep continuity, and I think his three-game audition. If he didn't have that three-game audition because of the Big Ten suspension, I think there would have been a national coaching surge to replace Harbaugh. I agree. Yep. It, but I'm telling you, when your your three-game audition includes a win at Penn State and a home win against Ohio State, I mean, um, it, it there was no search. And, uh, yeah, it, it he needs to keep, uh, if not keep, most of the staff intact. He needs to announce, uh, you know, who, who's going to be in what places because that transfer portal – um, things can happen really, really quickly. Yeah, so they're in the middle, I think, uh, almost a weekend. On the 30-day opening, that is guaranteed after a coach leaves. And then you have the portal in the spring, uh, usually right around after spring ball. And that's important. And that's why I do like the hire uh, with more. I think Ward Manuel has issues going on with Howard. Michigan basketball's at the bottom of the Big Ten. I mean, 14th. Out of 14 teams, you know, you're seeing something happening here in college sports that now the NCAA is going after Tennessee on NIL. Uh, But wait a minute, Uh, Harbaugh is the biggest cheater on earth, according to some, for a hamburger, a Connor Stallion story where we still haven't had confirmation it was Connor Stallions and he's Lansing at the CMU Michigan State game. I selective. Uh, hammering and the NIL, and I know you're going through it at the high school level. We'll talk about the latest on that coming up in our next segment. But you know, some of these coaches, Saban at 72, is like, I'm I'm done. John Beeline left early. Uh, you know, Coach K. These guys will say it's later in life, but you're having to re-recruit your team now because of the transfer portal. You're having kids that come at you with an offer from another school, which I don't know how that's not against NCAA rules. Tampering. But there are no rules. Are no rules. That, that's the problem with it. And the transfer portal, even Izzo said it after the game last night. He, he says, we need some rules inside this transfer portal. They were talking about things and what he's liked about his 700 wins. Just some rules. So everybody's playing by the same rules. You bet. And now Tennessee lines up their governors, senators, everybody's behind Tennessee. Harbaugh never had that support. No. He did a little bit with Santa Ono, but he never had that public support, and that's why he's off to the NFL. I do want to touch on the state of politics in the NIL bill that was introduced. Could that become a law in Michigan? We'll get to a new high school sports, if any, coming our way in the winter championships uh, happening at the Breslin on the basketball side, and you got wrestling and all the other sports. So it's a busy winter. Mark Hill, Executive Director, Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. Uh, if you do have a comment on the Lions, on the Michigan MSU game, or on high school sports, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this. 
winning big at Soaring Eagle. The food district is now open. There's something for everyone. From Baba Coo's Burritos to Bonanno's New York Pizza Kitchen to Guy Fieri's Chicken and Ike's Lovin' Sandwiches. Savor every delicious flavor at the all-new food district. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Huge cheer for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Swifty told me today that he's a fan of Taylor Swift. He has a right to. I, I'm not saying that. Musical choices. Who you like, who you listen to. We all have our 
our own. That's what the beauty of it. I've always said if you're confined to one genre of music, it kind of says something about your personality. Like, what's your go-to uh, on Apple Music, on your Bluetooth, in your vehicle, when you're working out at home? What's your go-to band or singer, Mark? I'm a Phil Collins old school Genesis guy. So, wow, Super Tramp old school? No, absolutely. Wow. I'm, a, I'm an old soul, Bill. That, old soul. Well, you're 49. I'm 62. I'm like, I, I'm this close to, I'm like six years out of being your dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. My go to would be I like smooth R&B, like old school Johnny Gill, Luther, or I enjoy like Kid Rock, Metallica. Depends on the mood. Right, that would be kind of an anything in between. So I and Superfly said it's every day he gets in his car after working with me and plays "Shake It Off," and uh, <laughs> he, said, he, he does that every day. He says being around Bill for four hours a day, I just got to shake it off and get home. Thank you, uh, Taylor Hayes, uh, for being a part of the huge show and being the best producer on earth. More with Mark Ewell in our next segment. We'll get to NIL. Could it become legal for high schoolers in Michigan? Remember, if you miss anything, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It is time for our number two on a Wednesday presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's really cool with the evolution of technology, you can watch live and on-demand boys and girls high school sports all across this state, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. Last night I was at Grand Rapids Force Hills Eastern Kent City High School Boys basketball game, and afterwards... I saw the two high school kids who do play-by-play and color commentary. I walked up to them. I said, I think it's really cool what you're doing. And they said, yeah, with the National Federation of High School TV, they're able to do the play-by-play over the feed where a lot of people watch those, and there isn't play-by-play that's available. And I said, it's awesome. I go, so how's the interest from the other students in play-by-play? And they said, not. You know, we're trying to find a couple of guys because we did all the football. We're doing all the basketball. And one kid wants to go to Syracuse, right, and chase his dreams. The other guy's going into accounting because he says, I want to get paid when I get out of college. (laughs) (laughs) I go, welcome to broadcasting. You're a smart man. But I, I just really respect those guys being able to do it. And then while we're standing there, one of the Kansas City moms said, yeah, my son is going to school down in Cincinnati. And he was listening and said, you pronounced my son's name correctly, and he really enjoyed it. And I'm thinking, that, you know, to me, that's what high school sports is all about. And I say, your, your class should be, 
your broad, they have a great broadcasting department, should have podcasts and play-by-play and teach these kids things. But, you know, and they say, well, can you stop by and help out? And I go, you know what? You need to talk to your teachers. Let them develop it. It's all about your journey. And what time's your broadcast class? Usually hour one, 8.30 in the morning. Not happening. But good luck chasing your dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about it. with When I'm saying on demand or watching online now, and it began with the pandemic, really, where it really took off. Sure right? did. And I, I would assume MHSA.TV, your numbers have to be going crazy. Right. They are in that uh, the the pandemic, very few things I can look back on COVID and say we're positive. But that absolutely gave rocket fuel to the whole uh, streaming platform. And, and Bill, we've got dozens of schools that have during the school day um, a student broadcast program, part of their curriculum where kids get a grade. And I'm telling you, some of our schools have done a phenomenal job because I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of kids in the future who would love to work in sports for a career. And the fact is that the number of kids that can play professionally is an astronomically small number. But those that want to get into broadcasting or officiating or coaching or, um, you know, analytics or, you know, a thousand different pathways. That's the really cool thing is that kids in high school, even if they're not on a team or on the field or on the court, um, they're getting, uh, you know, exposed to different career paths that, uh, that could give them a career in sports. Yeah, I was telling the two guys, like, there should be a podcast class that kids could take. And the podcast could be about music, could be about politics, could be about whatever they like, snowboarding, sports, and, and let them learn. Because podcasts are easy to do. And then the sports broadcasting, I think, would also be a appealing class. But it was just cool. I, I really, I told those guys, man, I started doing the PA for, like, freshman volleyball. Or JV basketball, you know, when I'm like a sophomore, sure, junior, senior year, I was doing all that play by play, and they didn't have rules on having to pay minors at that time. So I was, yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you free concession stand stuff. Simon said we need you to do the freshman and JV games, but I loved it. But it was my really first time with a microphone, and I was inspired by. Ernie and Paul Carey and the old AM transistor radio. And and I told those kids, you're blessed. You can practice on your voice memos on the phone. You can, you know, do your own podcast on some platform for free. It's it's all in front of you. In the schools, I, that would be um, maybe MHSA starts a play-by-play uh, broadcasting a seminar. But I, I can't attend. I'm busy. We'll, we'll we'll schedule it for later in the day, Bill. So I <laughs> promise you, we won't start at eight thirty. I want you kids. You know, all you kids need to chase your dreams, but get a job where you don't have to wake up till ten a.m. There you go. All right. Uh, speaking of kids, uh, the last couple times we've been in here before the Christmas break, I think it was the last one. Uh, the NIL bill. Yep. That you know, the legislature, the Capitol, you know, out of session. Uh, there was a bill introduced about NIL connected to the Michigan High School Athletic Association overseeing it. Uh, what's the status of that situation right now? So it, it did pass uh, the state house back before the first of the year, and uh, their legislative session ended uh, back in November. 
And right now we're waiting for the the state Senate to take up uh, its version of the bill. We think it will be, uh, if not identical, very similar to what came out of the House. And given the fact that uh, the bill was sponsored in the House by a Democrat and our state Senate is also right now controlled by the Democrats and there's also a, a Democrat in the governor's office, um, we anticipate this moving and, and uh, being signed by the governor at some point um, during the legislative session. I think the three big takeaways um, for your listeners to know is that, one, the, the way the law reads is that these would be individual opportunities for individual kids. It, it's really a, a small carve out for that once every 10 year type athlete who comes through that may have some real opportunities for appearances or autographs or those kinds of things. And then the other group that I think would have some access to this are those kids who have a big following in social media, all kinds of companies. And it doesn't matter if the kid's an athlete, a musician, um, you know, whatever it is that there is a, a market right now for teenage kids that have big social media followings to post about a product, a service, things like that. And they get a fee, um, you know, each month for posting those things. And so that's not unique to, to athletes. That's really where uh, that's the space a lot of our teenage kids live in. So it would allow uh, kids to be able to do some of those things. But it's individual opportunities for individual kids. The second big takeaway is that no way can schools be organizing or, or orchestrating any of this. There will be no collectives under the current version of the state law at a high school near you. So in other words, kids cannot be given NIL opportunities to either attend a certain school or stay at a certain school in that. Uh, I mean, that that could not be more cut and dried in the versions um, that we've seen. And then I think the last thing that folks have to remember is, you know, NIL has been around at the collegiate level now for a number of years, and it is an extremely, unless you're at a power five school somewhere, the NIL opportunities that have been available to most college athletes simply have not developed. So if something does get passed here in this legislative session, you know, if a lot of parents are thinking, well, now, you know, Johnny or Sally are going to have all these NIL opportunities from the local pizza place or the local car dealership. Um, what the collegiate experience has shown us is that simply is not going to happen. It, it's individual opportunities really for that very, very small percentage of kids. And the reason why our association can be supportive of this is I would hate for us to lose our very, very top kids after a great freshman or sophomore year. And without any of these opportunities, these kids would have to pick up and feel like they have to move to another state where there are some of these opportunities available. So that's the scoop. That's the latest. And like I said, the ball really right now sits in our state Senate. And the reason that MHSA is involved to make sure there isn't collectives and enticements where all of a sudden a big powerhouse school in this particular sport, boys or girls, are offering NIL, NIL deals to families or kids to come to their school. Exactly. And, and actually what the, the current version of the law would require is that any NIL opportunity for a kid that that contract would actually have to be filed with our office. So we'll be able to make sure that all of these deals uh, comply with the state law, comply with our uh, amateur status regulations and um, like I said, I think this is going to be manageable because the number of actual opportunities is going to be very, very small. So we'll see how all that plays out. But uh, again, I give uh, the bill sponsor credit for bringing us into the conversation right away. And 
as I said, if this does pass, it really will be at the the front line here of not just implementation, but also uh, how this would work. Wow, amazing. Uh, Structure and rules to name, image, and likeness deals. Maybe you should send along your plan to the NCAA, Mark. Maybe they could use some structure, right? They're going through it right now with uh, Tennessee and Virginia, right? With It's just a wild, wild west. It is, and I think that's why you give this two or three years. And I could see the the power. I can't even say power five anymore because it'll be down to a power four. But you could really see that the 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 big schools really breaking away, doing their own thing. Because I think a lot of those, uh, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten schools, especially, look at the NCAA right now, and really, there's a fairly low level of respect. The thing I worry about is if the bigs go and break away inform their own organization the current structure right now um uh, funds all of the activities that happen at the mid-major level and especially at the ncaa division two and division three level so my greatest fear is if the uh the haves break away and do their own thing i really worry about uh, what division two and division three athletics at the collegiate level look like in our country because we have thousands of kids. You may not hear about them who aren't going to Michigan or Michigan State, but we have thousands of kids every year that go and continue their careers somewhere in the GLIAC or the MIAA or keep filling in the blanks. And um, I just hope the ineptness of the NCAA at the end of the day doesn't really end up hurting those kids in in their next steps. They just need rules. Uh, Like you're, You're openly discussing what the process would be for a Michigan high school athlete, boy or girl, at a Michigan high school, if this NIL bill is passed, yet you have no rules with the billions connected to D1 NIL deals. You strip it down to its most simplistic sense. And, you know, having been in this work now for 20 years, I think if you boil it down to its most simplest element, people's uh, the public's expectation is that you have some rules that are reasonable and fair And if you're going to have those rules, you need to enforce them. So right now, for example, we still have a transfer rule and we get lots of criticism for folks who based on their certain circumstance or their certain agenda where they would like their child just to be able to switch schools to go to a better program or a better opportunity. And they just don't understand why the answer is no. Well, again, have reasonable rules and then enforce them. And that's what uh, myself and our staff that we just simply try and do for our member schools day after day after day. I do worry that because of the NIL brand at the college level, that if that law would pass during this legislative session, that there's going to be a total misread by parents, possibly coaches, and players at Michigan high schools that now they've hit the jackpot. You see where I'm coming from? Yep. That because they're gonna they hear about oh my god JJ got this Corum got this look at the guy the quarterback for USC got this and they're gonna think it translates to the high school level. They're going to. Yep. Parents, coaches, summer league guys, and a lot of this stuff is going on under the table. It has nothing to do with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. But I, I believe you're going to get the dreamers who are going to say, wait a minute, this NIL means I can, well, hold on. I heard Will Johnson got 70000 last year at Michigan. That uh, I can get like half of that for playing high school football. 
And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Unless you're a Chris Weber type. Correct. Right? You're, you're talking about these generational type players where all of a sudden, Under Armour, hypothetically speaking, wants to pay that kid 100000 a year to promote Under Armour on his tweets to wear the gear to school. Would that be allowed under your format that's being proposed? It would be. The, the, certainly the devil would be in the details. But, uh, but again, for Under Armour to give a kid that kind of money, you've, he either, has to be special. you've either got to be a generational talent or you've got to be someone who is phenomenal in the social media world that, uh, you know, if you put out very funny and, and uh, you know, videos that can, can hook kids on Instagram or, um, you know, with their story, those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of people that companies see have some real value. It's in Bill in my, my fear isn't just for the dreamers who are going to end up very, very disappointed. My fear is that with, if this passes, there's now going to be a, a cottage industry of adults that are going to be created to where they're now going to be out there in the marketplace claiming that they have all of these opportunities, and it's just a matter of getting the the kid and his or her family with this product and sign here and commit to this. Um, I'm not just afraid that dreamers are going to be disappointed. I'm really afraid that there are going to be some nefarious individuals that are going to try and take advantage of kids and families who, frankly, are going to be taken advantage of because they just don't know. And that's why I think an important part of the bill as it currently stands is before any of these agreements can go forward for high school athletes, uh, that's got to be filed um, and approved by our office just to make sure that we're complying on all fronts with the current state law. So we'll we'll see how all that plays out. Wow. It's a novel idea by Mark Ewell and the Michigan High School Athletic Association to actually have rules that ensure that the money a high school athlete could receive, would receive, is reflected in actually using that athlete's name, image, and likeness. Again, NCAA offices Send them your outline and your blueprint because out of all this money, Hunter Dickinson reportedly 450 grand, whatever it is, 700,000. You hear numbers, it's Twitter, everybody can lie. I'm trying to think where these guys earn it the name, image, and likeness. Are they on local TV? Are I, I look at Hunter Dickinson, I follow him on Twitter, Facebook. I don't see him promoting a company that helped pay the way for him to leave Michigan. I did see Peyton Thorne when he left Michigan State. He did one photo with a automobile dealership in Auburn, Alabama, with his new truck, but haven't seen anything else. Yep, because there's no nobody policing that. No, at the college level. But it sounds like you guys have a great plan to ensure fairness for the high school student athlete and also for your entire association in its most simplest form. And what Mark? What does NIL mean? NIL, to really boil it down, NIL is an individual's right to publicize themselves. Name, image, and likeness. With their name, their image, or their likeness. Um, So again, if you've got that skill set or you've got that following where you can go out there and you're going to somehow create value to show up in an autograph session or to post certain things about a certain product or service or company, then you have some value in the marketplace. But what 99% 
of all college athletes from Division One down to Division Three have realized is there isn't value. Companies don't see the value, and that's why one out of every 100 kids is going to see some money right now at the college level, and everybody else is not. I can tell you, Bill, that having a really good Division Three college swimmer there is zero NIL market for that kid. Zero. Not just in Holland, Michigan, where he went to school, but anywhere else. And uh, and again, that would, I believe, is going to be the same model that we're going to see at the high school level if this law uh, should pass. Based on if it should pass, would it, uh, this legislative session goes to what, May? Well, it should go to December, but with this being an election year, you never right. know when our lawmakers may call it. So in. it's the full year. So it it'll is. be the full Calendar year. year. Not, not like a three-month session where... Nope. So whether they want to get it done before uh, the fall, uh, is there any timing, any gut feeling you're getting vibe from the state capitol? No, not yet. And what we're also working on at the same time is you know, once the law does get passed, we're also working on our own amateur status regulations to where we're going to be ready very, very quickly. If this does become law of our, our rules, then would reflect that almost immediately. So again, we, we want this to be reasonable. And for those individual kids that get some individual opportunities, uh, we think that there should be a pathway forward, but uh, collectives and in group work, to try and collect or pool our money, and this is what we're going to do now at the high school level, uh, that that is going to be uh, not just prohibited, but explicitly and strongly prohibited by the versions of the law that we've seen. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio here on the huge show across Michigan. So to wrap up this conversation, you really do things the right way because you listen to all your member schools. You have your executive council, you do your tour, what what is the public feedback from your members, from coaches, from ads, administrators about NIL at the high school level? To be honest, um, this is one where I think a lot of our members are are trusting us because if you ask school people if we need this or not right now, the answer that we get from coaches and administrators is a resounding no. They look at what NIL has done to the college level, and frankly, they look at what no transfer rules has done to the college level, and they have zero interest in that show uh, coming to a high school near you. So truth be told, if, if you ask the question generally, there's a lot of opposition. NIL at the college level makes sense because it's a billion-dollar industry which is run by millionaire coaches and administrators, and a reasonable person could say that kids deserve a piece of the action. That is not, uh, right now, the the economic scale at the high school level. So that's what we hear. You know, with the copycat, smaller version of NIL possibly coming to the state of Michigan, how many states currently have NIL? It's 26 or 27. It's about 50-50. 50. 50. Did I read something that in Missouri... If, if you commit to an in-state school and you're a high schooler, while in high school, you can receive benefits from that state of Missouri school. Did I read that right? You did, because, of course, Missouri, their flagship school, is now part of the SEC. And if you're going to be able to compete in the SEC world, where a lot of the southern states have almost no rules when it comes to NIL, it's got you got to keep up with the Joneses. So that's why Missouri handles it that way, so that their kids can be on somewhat equal footing of the kids from Florida or Georgia or Alabama. So they want to keep the great athletes from Kansas City, Missouri, and St. Louis, and the bigger 
high schools in Missouri give them an incentive to go play at Mizzou? At Mizzou, not go to Alabama or Auburn or uh, keep filling in the blanks. That's so exactly you go to a state right. school, no matter what level, and you can get benefits while in high school, and that's under their amateur status rules. Because my final thought here while we're having this discussion, of Mark Gule, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio, what about the people claiming that they have the right to have their kids transfer to any school they want to? I mean, again, the copycat from the college level, it, do you ever see that as a potential fight down the road? I I see a lot of things as potential fights, and I'm sure that could become one. But um, as we survey our schools, probably the one thing that is universal is there is a fundamental belief that we need a transfer rule. If we have no transfer rule, our programs then lose all of that connection to the school, lose all of that connection to some kind of a, an academic requirement, and essentially what you'd be doing is turning school sports into the wild, wild west of AAU. And uh, Which it is right now, though, at the D1 level. Oh, my God. It's, at, at Power 4. It's awful. No. Yes. It's, it's horrible. Yes, and that's when you ask coaches about NIL and transfer at the high school level. The feedback we get is a resounding, we do not need this uh, at a high school near you. That's why Michigan, and I know you have big names like Corum and McCarthy and guys getting NIL money. That was publicized. But they they weren't bought and paid for. That's why there was a little innocence and beauty when Michigan was hoisting that national championship trophy. And you turn around and read... That Ohio State's going to spend $13 million on players. And, you know, fine, Bob, I don't agree with everything he says, but, you know, you try and buy a team. It's like putting a bunch of free agents together. But it doesn't work. It really doesn't. And I think some high schools, when you look at this transfer rule, when you look at kids coming from other schools, and especially some of these private schools, I think a lot of those longtime supporters of those schools and parents have had enough of kids just moving in as sophomores or juniors because they're an athlete and taking the spot of their kid who has spent seven years in that Christian school or Catholic school feeder program. You never hear about the story of the kid who gets displaced whenever there's a transfer. And and we we tell people no every single day that if you transfer, given the situation you've shared with us, your child will not be eligible. And, of course, then you see all of the social media complaining and, and criticism. But, again, nobody ever talks about the kid who is homegrown, who has worked his or her way up the, the pecking order in that program, and now it's suddenly their chance for a shot and they're going to get displaced. That's the kid that you always have to be mindful of uh, in this transfer debate. And that might be the kid someday, if it ever became the Wild Wild West at the college level, where a displaced athlete may have the ability to live by different transfer rules. That would be interesting. Sure. Uh, because you're, you're talking about opportunities for high school kids and how important, how important the team concept is. But those are the schools that care more about winning than they do about someone who has supported their Christian or Catholic or whatever faith education, a family, generations for years. And in the end, you live with it, and everybody has to put their head on their pillows at night. Good stuff, Mark. We'll do one final segment, get an update on any rules, changes, sports being added. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. Remember, you can follow everything. 
Michigan High School Sports, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, MHSAA.com. And like I mentioned, live and on demand, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here from my good friends from Urban U. Now they are Michigan's most trusted med spa. Four locations across the state. One in Northville, three in the West Michigan area. And we have a huge giveaway from our friends at Urban U. Nicole told me about healthy skin as a mirror of a healthy body. Urban U Skin Health Giveaway will be one Glow 2 Facial Oxygen Hydration plus one Skin Vibe Treatment. The first and only injectable facial rejuvenation treatment designed to add hydration directly into the skin with results that last up to six months. Now, this prize would be for Valentine's Day for a couple. You can win it. Just be listening to The Huge Show for your cue to call and be lucky caller 14, and you'll qualify for that couples package from Urban U. Four locations, one in Northville, three in West Michigan. For the one close to you, go to theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's a managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew's Grand Rapids office. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state, and they have locations all around the world. They have over 550 motivated accounting professionals, 90 years in business, and I mentioned the 10 offices worldwide. So if you want to connect and partner with one of the top CPA, accounting, and business firms in the world, they're right here in Michigan. Dorn Mayhew's Troy office on the east side of the state, and Josh Garvey is the managing shareholder for their Dorn Mayhew GR office. Right there by the S-curve, you'll see the new Dorn Mayhew sign. You can find out more. Just Google Dorn Mayhew. That's D-O-E-R-E-N-M-A-Y-H-E-W or Dorn.com. They're one of America's and the world's top CPA accounting and business firms. They're Dorn Mayhew. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes today declared himself a Swifty. Taylor Swift. Yep. It's okay. I can't tell him what to listen to. You know, Mark Ewell, Executive Director of Michigan High School Athletic Association, when he wants to throw on some Genesis, old school super tramp, he does it. It's his business. Superfly wants to listen to the New Era's live music on Apple Music. You can do that. We all can. And I respect you as a producer. I won't hold it against you. Oh, look at him wearing a Chiefs jersey now. Kelsey. Oh. Yeah. Ah, How quickly you and your dad forget your loyalty to the Lions on Sunday. No. All of a sudden, you're Taylor Hayes. I'm good with it. We're done discussing it. No need to bring it up. Until next hour. We are fine. (laughs) (laughs) Any of your kids in the Taylor Swift? Is your daughter? No. Yeah. uh, Good. I'm not saying it's good, but uh, your kids are smart kids. You and your wife are smart people. All right. uh, Let's get to the latest high school. I always get questions. Everyone comes up to me. Hey, what sports are they going to add? Are there any new rules coming? Shot clock comes up. I'm sitting at a basketball game last night. Oh, my God. Every time I'm at a basketball game, high school, I think because we talk on air, they're like, I can just pick up the phone and call Mark. I'm, I got to get a rule change. Hold on a second. It's halftime. I got a hot dog. <laughs> Mark, it's Bill Simonson. Uh, can you get a shot clock uh, rule put in uh, by Feb 1? That's two days. Thanks. So we, we've been down the shot clock. You know, the cost and the equipment, and uh, I, we don't need to rehash that. Um, any new rules changes coming next year in high school sports? And what about the addition? I know boys' volleyball, field hockey, water polo, boys' and girls' side has been mentioned. Uh, what's the latest there? So our board, when they met back in December, we talked about future sports, new sports. What would that look like? Certainly the the ones that are getting a lot of conversation right now, our water polo, uh, girls field hockey, boys volleyball, and then the one that really is uh, <clears throat> most recently on the radar is flag football. With that becoming an Olympic sport, with uh, some colleges right now uh, putting together a, a girls flag football program. So those are all things that right now we're getting lots of conversations. It's got to be a two-sided conversation where the, the the one side of the coin is about these new opportunities and what it could mean for kids. But yet the other side of the coin that you also must consider is when you add new sports, especially at some of our smaller schools. And right now the average size high school of our 750 is uh, about 560 kids. So you take an average size high school of just under 600 kids and you say, okay, we're going to add two new sports. Well, then what is the impact going to be on your existing sports? Um, boys volleyball in the spring, yep, you can have the conversation about boys volleyball, but you also need to have the the conversation about what kind of impact is this going to have on our baseball numbers or our track and field numbers or um, any other sports that, uh, that that could impact. So that's why we're taking it slow. 
uh, continuing to get lots of input from not only these new sport communities that would like to come in, but from our existing sport communities, because you don't want to add a new opportunity. And in the first thing that happens is it uh, greatly hurts something that you're already offering. So would new sports uh, be a better fit in our larger schools? Absolutely. More kids, more different opportunities. And uh, really, we've gotten some good feedback from our smaller schools that, hey, right now we're using um, kids in a lot of different ways in terms of sports that they're playing. So that, that's got to be the, just to be fully transparent, that's got to be the conversation moving forward when it's the, the new sport conversation. But it's, an, it's a common practice, and you would know better than I would, that those smaller schools, they, every high school doesn't field teams in every sport. Is that correct? That's correct. So the sports such as girls field hockey and water polo, for example, those would, even though their numbers right now aren't that big, those I think would be pretty pretty straightforward ads because aquatic kids are aquatic kids. Your water polo kids are going to come from your swimming and diving programs to where you're probably not pulling athletes away from other opportunities. Same with girls field hockey, which would be in the fall. The one that really puts stress on the conversation is boys volleyball. Every school in our state right now has a volleyball court with volleyball equipment, with volleyballs, with a volleyball coaching staff. We have a few thousand volleyball officials. You want to talk about a sport that literally to add it for the other gender would be about as straightforward, as simple as it can be. Um, And you'd have a lot of boys who I think would be interested in playing and in those smaller schools, while they may have no interest, we don't have a pool, so we're not adding water polo. And because of our size, we have no interest in girls field hockey. Just being honest, the boys volleyball conversation, even in our small schools, is going to have some ripple effects on what would that do for our track and field team? What would that do for our baseball team? And so before we keep taking that next step, you need to have that conversation, and that's what we're doing right now. All right, so they, the executive council met in December. What are those steps where sports could be added? So we talked about it uh, just a few weeks back when our classification committee met. What we have, our policy, and it's really more of a guideline than a policy, is to add a new sport. We need at least 64 schools to sponsor it on a club basis. So we're 750 high schools. So the the rule of 64 is a little bit less than 10%. And uh, we've used that as a guideline because when we added lacrosse back now almost 20 years ago, for girls lacrosse, we were not at that 64 school number. The hope is that you start it and then numbers will grow. So as I said, the, the, the two easiest ads would be field hockey and water polo, but they're just below that 64 number. The, school, the, the schools that would be over that certainly will be vo- boys volleyball, which our board will talk more about when they meet in March. And then certainly if girls flag football gets any momentum, I could also see that being well in excess of 64. So that's the balance. It's, it's you want to be as inclusive and, and uh, more opportunities for kids are always a great thing. But, um, you know, you have to have the conversation about what would new opportunities mean for what we're currently offering uh, before you at. Yeah, and the girls flag football, we've talked about this, that southern states will play it January, February when their weather is different. Yep. You have winter, uh, obviously, here in Michigan. So if you play girls flag football in the fall, which fits a football uh, motif, then what sports get hit in the fall? Sure. Right? Yeah, is it volleyball? Is it cross country? Is it 
again, just conversations that have to be had um, before you can really kind of uh, formalize your thinking. And and what's and the vote forward? to get a sport? Or because you have Title Nine, you have to have a one boys. One girls. What's the? Is there a vote process? Yep. So it would be our 19 member board. But when it comes to Title Nine, right now we currently have one more girl sports than boys sport, and so adding, we just need to be mindful of that. Mark, good stuff as always in studio. Thank you, my man. You bet, Bill. Yeah, Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. Remember, uh, you can watch live and on demand boys and girls high school sports on your schedule at mhsaa.tv. Follow. Michigan High School Sports at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, online at MHSAA.com. And you have the winter championships coming up for all the districts, regionals, everything in all sports at MHSAA.com. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Escape the chills and chase thrills this February with a winter escape giveaway. Every Saturday, play for the chance to win a share of $128,000 in premium play and prizes from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Then at 11 p.m., two Lucky Access Club members will escape the winter blues with a $10,000 travel voucher. It's the winter escape giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You don't want to miss the savings this week at Meyer. Right now, get a $10 coupon when you spend $100 or more this week in store. Coupon printed at checkout. Start redeeming next week. And buy five, save $5 when you mix or match items across the store, like General Mills Cheerios and Dan and Yogurt. There are so many ways to save with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 
168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Huge here with my good friend Lomas Brown. It's time to talk about Impact Power Sports, Michigan's newest Yamaha golf cart destination on 14 Mile Road in Rockford, just north of GR. And people are coming from everywhere to see the Lomas Lions Yamaha golf cart in Lomas. I know you love this cart. Oh, my goodness, man. Look, everybody, like you say, is a showstopper. Everybody walks by, they stop, they look at it, it's outfitted with the Lions logos everywhere on it. It's Lions colors. It's made for a big fella like me. Hey, it's all it's all it's cracked up to be huge. Now, Drew told me, Lomas, that they sold six custom Lomas Brown Lions golf carts in three days at the recent Grand Rapids RV show, and he said the Lions Nation going crazy over this cart. Anybody can get the Lions cart uh, made exactly like Lomas, custom designed by Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports on 14 Mile Road in Rockford, north of GR, but they service uh, the entire state. And Lomas, there'll be a couple chances coming up for the fans to meet you and myself at Outdoor Rama in Detroit. At the Suburban Collection Showplace, we'll be back there. That will be the weekend of February 22nd through the 25th and the Ultimate Outdoor Show in Grand Rapids, March 7th through the 10th. And you'll be there for a time that we'll announce at a later date at the Impact Power Sports booth. So those are pretty cool situations. And what I love, Lomas, is how you interact with all the people that come up to you. Well, it's fun. I mean, it's fun interacting with the people what they're coming to see is that cart. I'm just, I just happen to be standing next to it, but that cart drives their attention there. And we're having fun, man. It's been a great year with the Lions, and it's just been a ride. It just really has been this year. Yeah, you can find out more about those Yamaha golf carts and getting your own custom golf cart for your neighborhood, for your business, for the lake house, uh, for the golf club. Uh, just stop by and see Impact Power Sports on 14 Mile Road in Rockford. They service the entire state or look for them on Facebook. And also Impact Power Sports is the largest Avaton e-bike dealer in West Michigan. All models are available. Find out more at Impact Power Sports on 14 Mile Road in Rockford or look for Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports on Facebook. They love Lomas. We love Lomas. Lomas, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks, my good man. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. I do want to thank Mark Ewell 
Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association and Studio Talk Lions. Talk Michigan, Michigan State. NIL possibly coming to Michigan high schools. Future sports. Just a good dude. Really has a, a feel for his member high schools. Common sense drives that man. And I've loved every decision he's made. Going back to before the pandemic, MHSA.com. You want to get set for all the winter championships, everything you need there at MHSA.com. Inside this hour, we'll hear from Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit. He has made the journey back from San Francisco. Ben Johnson sticking with the Lions. What's the offseason going to be like? For the Lions, I think it's pretty obvious. Edge rusher outside of Hutch on the opposite side. Shut down corner. They're going to have pick, what, 29 in the first round. In the NFL draft in Detroit. So is that the best corner? Could they trade up? And they got four picks in the first three rounds. Edge rusher. I think the offseason will be about new deals for golf, Sewell, St. Brown. Part of me says with having to pay those three, or not having to, but you want to take care of it. I don't know if they'll go drop big money on a shutdown corner. I, I did see one of the pundits say, hey, Stefan Gilmore offer him a two-year deal like at $8 million a year, and I'm like, yeah, they could use him. They're close, obviously. Come on, people, 24-7, in control. And even at the end, when you look at the final score and their ability to put the ball in the end zone, move the ball, man, and, and I understand the first fourth down in that video, which I have pinned at Huge Show. I mean, it you can't catch the ball with your forearms. I'll, I'll t- until the day I die. I'll stand here, and I've said it every day this week. If Reynolds catches that ball, I believe the Lions are in the Super Bowl. I really do. It's that close. So when we got the news yesterday, the pick me up of Ben Johnson, the Lions Nation needed it. So now the question is the offseason. Schedule's tougher. I. I I've looked at it. it. It's tough. You got to go to San Francisco. You get Stafford and the Rams again in Detroit. But now they're the hunted. They're the defending NFC North champions. They made the final four in the NFL. I don't mind that. And nothing will feel like this year until they win that NFC championship game. That's the next hurdle. And they keep checking all the boxes. And Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. Lions NFL insider, he's standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. I, I, I chuckled at your journey, uh, end of the game, until you got back. That was cracking me up on Twitter. <laughs> Lost your yeah. keys. You're getting delays. Oh. You're like, I, I think one of them, and I may be paraphrasing, does American Airlines have any plane that actually works? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I basically spent all of my Monday from 5.45 a.m. 
Pacific time to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time traveling home, which was not exactly what I wanted coming off of mm. devastating losses in Lions franchise history. Yeah, if, if they would have won, you wouldn't have mind because you've been in every airport bar all day and just you know <laughs> talking to people and getting ready for oh, yeah. uh, Vegas. I, You know, when I, when I go back and run that game through my mind, I, I did delete the DVR yesterday. I just can't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it, they were they were so close. Just like I was saying, even with everything, all the decision making, all the bouncing out the helmet, the fumble, uh, we can go down the list in the second half of horrors. But they still were that close. So the question yeah. is, in this offseason, which began with Ben Johnson staying, which is huge. Sure. And now you look at talent. And what they need, and I think it's obvious to every Lions fan, to everyone who follows the Lions like you and I do, uh, someone opposite Hutch, they could use interior defensive line help. They're going to need strong backups on the O-line, if not one more starter. And, and they get, like I said, what, four picks in the first three rounds. they got a ton of salary cap room. And you have the golf deal, how much and how long. You have the Sewell deal, where at the end of the year he's the best lineman in pro football, you have St. Brown and that deal. So uh, let's begin in order, Jeremy. What are the offseason priorities for the Lions? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing you, you got to do is, is figure out Jared Goff's contract. Like that, that to me, that's the first domino to, to fall to, to make everything else kind of fall into place there because uh, I, I think it's clear that this team really, really likes Jared Goff, and I think it's pretty clear that Jared Goff likes it here. And so. Um, you, you got to come up with a with a fair deal that that allows you to to be able to continue to maneuver in, in ways that that make your team get better, but also one that rewards your quarterback who's gotten you as far as this franchise has ever really gone in the in the Super Bowl era. So that's the first thing. But then, yeah, if you're, if you're talking like positions that need corner is is number one, I think on everyone's list, right? Uh, we, we saw how bad the Lions' pass defense was down the stretch, particularly on the outside. Um, I would say the Lions probably have to pick up at least two guys um, that are capable of starting one, hopefully that's capable of being your number one. And then, yeah, the rest is just, I think, making sure your offensive line remains a strength. So that means at the very least re-signing Graham Glasgow. Um, We'll we'll see what the the plan is with Jonah Jackson. I think you're right that the Lions need to prioritize not only adding a starter if they don't bring back Jonah, but but bringing back depth because that was an issue. Um, Aushika was not a guy that we really wanted starting in the NFC Championship game, and he held up fine. I mean, the Lions obviously ran for 180 yards against 49ers, but they need to, considering that's the identity of this team, they need to make sure that strength remains a strength. And so I think that means maybe investing another draft pick on the offensive line and maybe even going into free agency and finding someone there. I agree, and the salary cap money is there to get everything you mentioned that I stated before we began our conversation. It's all there. Uh, How big was it for Ben Johnson to say no to Seattle and the Commanders? How big for the Lions? Monumental, I think. I don't think it can be understated uh, just just how big – that is because yeah, the, the offense was the main reason the Lions got to where they were the fifth best offense. And I, I, I just, I keep looking back at this past game and, and I was in awe of that first half. And really I thought Ben Johnson called mostly a good game the entire way. Um, you look at that third quarter and 
One drive was ended by a fourth and two drop. One drive ended by a fumble on the very first play. One drop ended on a third and nine drop. Um, they were moving the ball consistently. It never felt like the 49ers figured out that offense. Just the line started shooting themselves in the foot. And if you consider like if, if one or two of those things goes the Lions way, not only do they win that game, but they probably hang around 40 points on the 49ers defense, which mm. is like a top five defense all year. And so getting that offense back, getting your quarterback back, getting most of your offensive line back, all of your weapons back. It's huge. Um, it's the biggest, I mean, I think the biggest thing the Lions have, have to have had to fought off fight off over the last two years is regression on offense. And you, you could make an argument last year. Well, now they have tape on Ben Johnson. Maybe Jared Goff doesn't play as well as he does as well as he did at the end of 2022 and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and the Lions put all that to bed, right? Ben Johnson proved, doesn't matter how much tape you have on him. He's going to provide a, a, a strong and healthy offense. Jared Goff, I think, proved a lot of people wrong this year. And the Lions front office proved like, hey, we know we have a strength in our offense, but we're going to upgrade our running backs. We're going to upgrade our tight end. And so the Lions have been pouring resources into their offense, and, and Ben Johnson has been at the head of it. And to be, able, to be able to keep all of those pieces, most of those pieces together, means you go into 2024 now with the full expectation that you're going to have another top five offense this year. Yeah, think about uh, you give golf his money. I don't know if it'll be four years or five years at you know somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty million per. Right. You have Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. Ragnall, Decker, Sewell are locks. Glasgow, I think, will be a, will be able to get him at a good price. The Jonah Jackson question could depend on you know where they're picking with their draft picks, uh, where some offensive linemen uh, fall. I agree with the edge rusher opposite Hachu. Had one of his worst games ever on a football field uh, Sunday, by the way. And that's not piling on. It's just a fact of life that, again, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're banged up. I don't know if you you know, weren't feeling well, whatever. Uh, he didn't make excuses, but it was a horrible uh, performance. And that secondary and that defense, and the more I've looked at the decisions that have been debated and still are being debated, especially the two fourth down decisions, that – it, to me, it, it's a sign that what you mentioned, I think Dan Campbell has 10,000% confidence in his offense. Yep. But when it comes to his kicking game and his defense, he didn't have that confidence. And that's why he went for it on both fourth downs. Oh, no question. I mean, especially during that, that first one, I, I think he was ever, he had every right to believe that the offense was going to get that everything Ben Johnson was calling was working at that point in the game. And the lines, I think were something like 70 or 80% successful this year at fourth and two or shorter. So I think he had every right to, to believe that the lines were going to convert there and they wanted to keep the pedal on the metal. And I mean, what kind of message would it have sent if, you know, you, you go into halftime with a 17 point lead, the 49ers kick a field goal, and then you score a touchdown. Like that, that's, that not only increases your lead, obviously, but I think it sends a message that like, Hey, if you thought we were going to lay down in the second half, we're not going to. Now I, I think you can make a better argument with the second one that like, okay, well, things aren't going our way at this point in the game. The offense is starting to slow down. Maybe we do take the three here. I still think it's very much a toss up. Uh, I think most people who are arguing one way or the other are, are being a little hyperbolic. I think it's a very tough decision. And if you look at the math, if you look at the percentages, if you look at all that, we're talking about like a one to 2% chance, uh, you know, win percentage swing here in, in whichever decision that you made. And so um, I, I think 
the, the main point I think is like, this is what got you to where you were, right? Dan Campbell has never shied away from being aggressive in both those situations. So I don't think either of them came in as a surprise. And, um, you know, when, when you play a, a risky game like that, you're going to get big rewards and then you're also going to get big negatives and you're going to take the, the credit when it goes your way and you're going to take the blame when it doesn't. But overall, I think Dan Campbell has been a very much a net positive when it comes to fourth down decisions and uh, just so happened that the execution wasn't there on Sunday and makes him look like a bad guy. Yeah, first fourth down, you know, Reynolds, uh, you know, 99 out of 100 times, I said earlier, he's going right. to catch that ball. Uh, the second one, give the Niners coaching staff credit on disguising sure. that zone they threw at him. They thought they had yep. Dan, so that's part of it. You got the other Reynolds drop. You have St. Brown with a drop. Uh, you have the fumble, uh, you know, not lining up right or turning the wrong way, whatever. And then, you know, what could go wrong did go wrong. So I'm cool with the first fourth down attempt because I knew what he was doing. He catches out there at the 21. Like you said, they go yep. put it in the end zone. You got a field goal. We got a touchdown. I think it's game over. Uh, the second one, I would have taken a shot at the three to give my team a lift. Uh, it's 27-24. You're not playing well. Uh, I would have done that. You know, things were reeling. And in the end, when I look at the decisions, I think a lot of it, clock management, game management. You know, Dan Campbell, you, know, you can look at a Tampa game. You can look at his inconsistency if there is a negative. And I, not a negative, but just a something pulsing that the game and clock management could be better when it comes to Dan Campbell. And I get he's a riverboat gambler. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he made some mistakes along the way this year. Um, and that's something that I appreciate about him that, is that he admits it. Um, I would also say that I think clock management, timeout usage, fourth down management, all that is like a huge problem across the league. And I would say Dan Campbell is among the lowest offenders when you look at some of the other teams and some of the decisions that they make, but like, like any player, like any coach, I think Dan Campbell looks at these situations and tries to learn. Um, I, I will say like at times it does feel like he goes a little bit too much by his gut. Like to me, maybe the biggest mistake he made was going for two again after they had been backed up to the seven in Dallas. Like that, that seemed like a, I'm just sticking to my guns to stick to my guns. And, and sometimes I, I do think he, he gets into that mode where he's just, I don't know if stubborn's the right word, but just kind of like fixated maybe on, on what he wants to do and, and, and doesn't necessarily think it through. But again, I, I think this is, I mean, if you look at the fan bases of 32, all 32 franchises, I think all 32 of them will complain about clock management. will complain about not going for it on fourth down or going for it on fourth down too much. Um, so, you know, it, it's just something you have to deal with as a coach. You're, you're going to get the sort of criticisms when you make, any sort of decisions um, just so happened that the the lines came on one of the biggest stages of the year. Yeah. And there were so many plays, you know, balls a little more to the inside. Jama would have had that one touchdown sure. uh, missed tackles on Purdy, uh, like on at least, I, I don't have the entire play by play chart in front of me, but at least three scrambles that kept alive drives that yeah. probably led to, you know, I don't know, 13, 17 of their points where you thought they had Purdy and, Somehow he would squirm out of it and make the throw or go uh, take his 7-2-40 time and go get a first down, <laughs> uh, which would frustrate the living daylights out of the Lions Nation. Just, again, that, that midway point, you know, the seven-and-a-half-minute 
Mark 750, third quarter until the end, the final 22 minutes or so. Almost what could go wrong did go wrong for the Lions, but I do see the big picture. I do see the salary cap. I, we went through the offensive players in place. It should be right there as the top offense in the NFL, and now they're hungry. And what Dan Campbell said in these three days to think about it, Jeremy, and Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider joining us on the Roast Number Coffee guest line, how quickly he told them, I don't know if we'll get back here. You don't get these opportunities. I yeah. take that as the off-season message to this team that he delivered immediately after that crushing loss. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. That that was not that was not just him being earnest and honest, which I think it was. Um, I do think it was absolutely a, a motivational tactic, tactic, and I think it's why Dan Campbell is so good at what he does. He's able to conjure that in the moments of, of probably the, the one of the lowest points in, in his personal career. Um, and and yeah, that's that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to use that as motivation. They're going to try to use. Um, that as a reminder, like you still have to continue to put in the work because he is right. You know, while everything looks good on paper for this franchise in their future, there is no guarantee that it all falls into place. You know, someone could get um, injured or, you know, the, the lines just start getting bad luck in one score games. Um, regression happens even when every, you do everything right on paper sometimes. So uh, I think it's a strong message. I think it's the right message. And I think it's also true. So um, it, it's, it's, it leads to some of the heartbreak for, for fans here because they were so close. And, and even though everything looks great, you just, you just never know. I mean, look at the, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They get, they get to the Super Bowl, and, and ever since then, it's, it's been a struggle to get back. So um, it, it's a really good message. It's true, and I think it's just, it just highlights, again, how Dan Campbell is just kind of an expert leader and motivator, and, and that's, maybe that's a reason to, to believe that, that they will be back is that, I don't think there's ever going to be a motivation problem with this team. And it's, and it's not just him, right? It's the kind of people that they have in the building, right? These guys know they want to put, they have to put in the work. I mean, looking at Panay Sewell after that game, both on Sunday and then in in the uh, locker room on, on Monday, um, you know, that guy is is super motivated. He's super pissed off. Like he's not going to have any issues trying to get up for, for any games next year. When do they get the – and, again, I all the dates. I know we get free agency there the second week of March, uh, the draft in Detroit at the end of April. Uh, what is the right time to get that golf deal done? And how long do you think – again, four or five years, 50-ish million a year, but when do they get it done? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think you, you probably want to get it done before free agency just right. so you know how much money you have to work with and you can kind of build out the rest of your plan after that. I think there's also a, a roster bonus that he's due sometime in early March. Um, and, and I think the idea there is that you can, um, if you get a deal done before then, you can kind of use that roster bonus as a signing bonus and stretch that out over the, the years of the contract rather than all of it hitting it this year. So that's a way to maybe save a little bit money in 2024. Um, in terms of length, I mean, it's tough. I think the normal length is, is like you said, about four or five years. Goff is 29 now, so maybe he's on the shorter end of the spectrum. I don't think you're going to get a three-year deal out of him, but maybe maybe it's a four-year deal. And, yeah, $50 million is kind of the, the number that I'm circling personally. I think some will depend on what exactly they set the salary cap at, which hasn't been officially set yet. But um, I, w- I would 
expect that number to probably be hovering around, you know, four years, 200 million seems like a reasonable deal. Yeah. And then uh, give St. Brown a deal and Sewell and get ready for free agency. And then the draft uh, comes to Detroit and here we go into OTAs and training camp uh, before you know it. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit, follow them on Twitter, Facebook, online, Lions NFL Insider. Good stuff. Jeremy, appreciated all your commentary during the football season, and we'll stay in touch. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Up next, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He was inside the Breslin in East Lansing last night. A master's class in coaching from Tom Izzo and his staff in win number 700 for the Iz. Juwan Howard... And his team shot over 60% in the first half, but they were only up two at halftime. And I knew what was coming because Juwan Howard is not head coach material. The Wolverines are bottom feeders in the Big Ten. It's not going to get any better. And I don't think their talent matches their record or their position in the Big Ten. Total master's class on out-coaching Howard and his staff. And Ward Manuel, who led a three-time Big Ten champion, three-time college football playoff team, and a national champion, he didn't sing the praises of Harbaugh until Harbaugh was gone. And he gave an open public vote of support for Howard last weekend. This is the Michigan AD that has never kept quality coaches or personnel in Ann Arbor. And I think it's a crossroads for Ward, what Sharon Moore does, and what Juwan Howard does to end this season. Some say because John Beeline is on the huge show Every Tuesday during the basketball season with Josh Garvey from Doran Mayhew, bring back Beeline. John Beeline can't coach. Juwan Howard can't. If you remember on this show, I told all of you when Phil Martelli was coaching that they were a better basketball team. And when you watch Juwan come back, and God bless him on his recovery From his medical conditions, it was easy for everybody to see. Clayton Safey from TheWolverine.com will break down the Wolverines and the Spartans from last night. He'll join us next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Anthony Bellino. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The Michigan men's basketball team went on the road to rival Michigan State to visit the Spartans last night in the Breslin Center. Michigan fell 81-62. Another first-half lead squandered by the Mason Blues. They held a 35-33 edge at the break, only to be outscored 48-27 in the second frame. 
A celebration for the green and white as Tom Izzo captured victory number 700 in his Hall of Fame career. For Juwan Howard, another night of lackluster intensity, defensive lapses, turnovers, and just bad basketball. I get that this team isn't overly talented, but wasn't that the allure of the head coach to begin with? To be able to recruit at the highest level? Instead, it's another lost year of portal combat. Michigan is now 7-14 on the year in a league worst 2-8 in Big Ten Conference play. Up next, Rutgers at home on Saturday at 4 p.m. on BTN. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade, this special limited edition can cocktails available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friends from Urban U. Now, they are Michigan's most trusted med spa. Four locations across the state. One in Northville, three in the West Michigan area. And we have a huge giveaway from our friends at Urban U. Nicole told me about healthy skin as a mirror of a healthy body. Urban U Skin Health Giveaway will be one Glow 2 Facial Oxygen Hydration plus one Skin 5 Treatment. The first and only injectable facial rejuvenation treatment designed to add hydration directly into the skin with results that last up to six months. Now, this prize would be for Valentine's Day for a couple. You can win it. Just be listening to the huge show for your cue to call and be lucky caller 14, and you'll qualify for that couples package from Urban U. Four locations, one in Northville, three in West Michigan. For the one close to you, go to theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Live and on demand, boys and girls high school sports. 24-7 at MHSAA.TV. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us momentarily. He was at the Breslin last night. In East Lansing, I knew Michigan was in trouble with shooting over 60% in the first half, and they only had a two-point lead. And then the second half went like a lot of second halves and final eight, ten-minute stretches have gone for Michigan where they just fall apart. It's coaching. I'm serious. Flat-out coaching. Michigan's talent does not represent a bottom feeder in the Big Ten. And Tom Izzo and his staff – in win number 700, a master's coaching clinic. 
against Howard and his staff. Clayton Safey, like I mentioned, from the Wolverine.com, he was there in attendance. He took the chopper back to the Wolverine.com world headquarters in Ann Arbor. He is standing by live on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. What's up, my man? How's it going? Yeah, I was there late night, but uh, yeah, Tom Izzo gets win number 700, and Michigan, kind of their game was uh, about the same as all the rest of them. How many more games do we have to watch Juwan Howard get out coached? I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a, you know, it's almost people ask, like, how much worse can this get? It's, it's pretty much at the, the worst point it can get. I mean, you're going to have to go through the rest of the season, but if you look at Ken Palm, they project the outcome of every game, and only one is projected to be a Michigan win the rest of the way, the entire season. They're sitting at seven wins right now, seven and 14. I mean, winning just a third of your games, dead last in the Big Ten at two and eight in the conference. Uh, that one, one win could come Saturday against Rutgers, who's also having a, a really down season, uh, and that's what it's projected as. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, uh, you know, the, the point that they're at right now, it's feels like rock bottom. Uh, and then it's even worse when they go on the road without Doug McDaniel. I mean, we saw it last night with the lack of depth that Michigan has, especially in the backcourt. And I give Jalen Llewellyn a ton of credit coming off the ACL injury, wearing about the biggest leg brace on his left leg that I've ever seen a guy play with. Um, and, you know, he battled, had 18 points, but it's just tough. And you knew they were going to run out of gas at some point. I agree with you. They're up two points at halftime. And you kind of knew it was going to fall apart at some point. I didn't know it would come that quickly. I thought maybe they'd battle for a little bit longer. But once things went awry, then, you know, you could see the body language. And it was the same thing I saw Saturday night against Iowa, where you could tell that the doubt was creeping in. Not just creeping in, the doubt was there. And uh, and that's kind of the same story for this team. But, yeah, there's no depth, especially when they're on the road without Doug McDaniel. Um, and, you know, you, you feel like their only chance is to get a win – are at home as long as Doug McDaniel's not able to, to travel on the road. And you, you can't even say anymore that any game's a must-win or whatever because, it, I mean, must-win or what? I'm, it's uh, over. It's know. over. Season's over. Yeah. I mean, when I say season, you're not going to the tournament. You have the outside shot of winning the Big Ten tournament. I, you know, again, I, win five games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you know, yeah, you got to go in and play every day. I, To me – if Juwan Howard is coaching Michigan basketball next year, I'd be shocked. He's not a head coach. He's just not. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we were talking to Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director on Saturday at Sharon Moore's introductory press conference, and he was kind of preaching patience and, you know, talking about how Juwan had a his health issue coming into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, to me it goes, and so, you know, I, I agree that it seems like it's kind of at that point, but, I wonder if Ward Manuel would pull that string just because, you know, Jawan Howard played here. And, I, and I'm not saying I agree with that being a reason to keep anybody around because you have to produce here at Michigan. This was an elite program for, you know, a decade and a half under John Beeline. Um, and, you know, it's, it's completely fallen apart, especially this year. But you're going to miss the tournament two straight years. Um, you know, me and you talked about this before the season where, okay, that's kind of the one thing they have to do, I think, for this thing to continue. Uh, but at the same time, from what we've heard, this you know that they may have to hit a reset button and continue with Jawan Howard. But we'll see how it, how it plays out in that regard, um, because I do think there are going to be a lot of tough decisions that will be made after the season, whether or not Jawan is here. I mean, you have to do something at this point because they haven't been able to 
In the last couple of years, the transfers haven't been as effective. They've failed to get a couple of them in through admissions. They haven't constructed the roster. They, they didn't even fill out their scholarships this year. Uh, so it's just been a rough going all the way around. And we know Ward Manuel, his track record of really making sure quality coaches and assistant personnel in all sports that they stay in Ann Arbor. So in uh, Ward, we trust. You can follow everything Michigan Athletics 24-7 with Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom, Chris Ballas, John Borden, Doug Skeen, and the crew at thewolverine.com. Clayton, thank you for the update. I know the helicopter ride was bumpy with the wind and fog last night, but thanks for joining us. That's right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look at helicopter back from the Breslin. Wolverine.com, Tower in Ann Arbor, living the high life. Clayton Safe, you want to give a shout-out to the Safey family. They listen on our flagship station, 96-1, the game in Grand Rapids. Mama Safey hasn't given us bubble pizza in over a year. And all we do is make Clayton Safey, her son, a rock star on a statewide network. If you're listening, Mama Safey, we need bubble pizza at the Huge Studios. End of story. No excuses. You're the best at bubble pizza, Mama Safey. Hook us up in the huge hizzy. (laughs) Now, if you miss any huge opinion, any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Simple and easy. Listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Also, if you want to get in on a shot at winning Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart, all tricked up from Impact Power Sports, just text IMPACT to 21000. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Leonard Skinner. ZZ Tunnel. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino, the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Leonard Skinner and ZZ Tunnel. Tickets start at $38 and are on sale now at the box office at etix.com. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Tunnel. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Reasonable and proper. That's the term Michigan laws use to determine if you're traveling at a safe rate of speed regardless of the posted speed limit. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police would like to remind you that wintry conditions require additional caution and care from all of us. If your speed is not reasonable and proper, you could be looking at a speeding ticket. And on icy roads, you could be looking at something far worse. Drive slow on ice and snow. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers 
to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Time for another edition of True and Blue on the Huge Show across Michigan. It's presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And each and every week we talk to the incredible men and women connected to law enforcement throughout our state. And today I welcome in the current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police president, uh, Chief Kyle Knight. He is with the Harbor Springs Police Department. For those who listen on 104.7, FM or AM 1340, Charlevoix Petoskey uh, to the bridge. And Chief, welcome to True and Blue. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this interview. Uh, The men and women I've talked to over the last year all have a different story about their calling and why they got into law enforcement. And most have stayed in law enforcement for decades, especially to rise to be a chief of police like yourself in Harbor Springs. Uh, What made you decide to serve and protect? Mine started back in 1987 when I was owning my own business and I needed some uh, extra money. So I decided to do a part-time job dispatching for the St. John's Police Department and did that for about three to four months. And at that time, contacted the chief about possibly going to the academy, went to the academy in 1988 down in Lansing at Lansing Community College. And it's just, I got very, very lucky. Um, to start my career, I have a great-great-grandfather that was a chief of police of Bristol, Tennessee. Other than that, um, I have no law enforcement ties, but just got lucky that was guided to that direction to try to earn some extra money for my family, and this is where I am 35 years later. Well, what's been uh, the most rewarding part, Chief, of working in law enforcement for you personally? For me, the most rewarding part is helping people, and I know that's a common theme through most law enforcement, but basically just being out there, whether it's helping somebody with a situation that's not law enforcement driven, um, interacting with the people, being that conduit between um, our police department and the people that we serve so that we can provide all the services, whether it was here, I worked for the St. John's Police Department for years, worked for the Clinton County Sheriff's Office for years, and I always just enjoyed that interaction with people. Every day brings something new, and I I enjoy that part of it. His name is Kyle Knight. He's a chief of police for Harbor Springs. 
in northern Michigan, current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police uh, president. So a, a big part of what you do in northern Michigan is community policing. Uh, you live by the three C's. Uh, describe the three C's. Um, my three C's are commitment, which means we are committed to our city and the people that we serve. Um, compassion, you in this profession, I feel that you have to have compassion for people. Whether a lot of people will call, let's say their mailbox gets hit, and it might be the only time that they call the police in their life. And you have to have compassion for those people. And you also have to have compassion for the victims of the crimes. And then the other one is community-oriented. And I'm a firm believer in being community-oriented, especially up here in Harbor Springs. Um, And our population is 30% um, year-long and 70% seasonal. So we get a transition of different people that come in, and we interact with everyone. Everyone knows all of our officers' names. Um, we, that's the big community oriented piece for me. Chief Kyle Knight with the Harbor Springs police department in Northern Michigan. He is the new and current Michigan association of chiefs of police president joining us on another edition of true and blue here on the huge show across Michigan. Uh, before I let you go, uh, what's one thing, uh, throughout your decades of serving and protecting the people of Michigan, uh, that you wish everybody knew that maybe the people listening in northern Michigan or across the state right now, that they don't know this in terms of being a police officer or connected to law enforcement, what would be that one thing you want everybody to know? I heard this one time when I was going along U.S. 2, um, heading to Escanaba for a seminar. And the thing that I think is that I've enjoyed this job, done it 35 years, and that I heard this on the radio, you'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy your job. And I know that we I've had very hard times, especially at the Clinton County Sheriff's Office, where you deal with victims of um, a murder or car crashes. But I've never worked a day in my life because I've enjoyed my job. And I think anybody pursuing this occupation is going to feel the same way. They're going to enjoy it. and You're going to have your bad days just like any other occupation. But the rewarding days are, are much better. And the fact that you don't do the same thing day in and day out, and you get the opportunity to interact with people. And if you think about, like, when you get with a bunch of police officers and you hear and everybody wants to hear their stories, and that's not necessarily true with, let's say, no offense to accounts or something like that. But um, nobody, you know, when people are around police officers, they want to hear their stories and they want to hear the good things and the bad things. And that's the one thing that I think um, some people don't always realize. Chief Kyle Knight, Harbor Springs Police Department in northern Michigan, right near uh, Petoskey, a beautiful part of the country, and a police department that does have a commitment, compassion, and also community-oriented, the three C's that Chief Kyle Knight talked about. And like I said, now moving into the role as the current Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police uh, president. I do want to dispel the rumor that this week only, Anybody wearing San Francisco 49ers gear in the Harbor Springs uh, area, they won't be arrested. Am I correct on that? <laughs> they won't be arrested, but, but they might be discouraged to, to be here. You better, uh, you better go 15 in the 15. I'm not giving you the extra seven or eight. You better, <laughs> you're, you better, right. you, you're going, you're going 70. You're going 72 in a 70. I'm sorry. Uh, you're above the speed limit, and you got a Niner sticker on. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to have to do the that one, for this week only. 
The one good thing up here, I have not seen any Niners fans, period. We have some Packer fans up here, but no Niners fans. So. Oh, yeah. On that on that, on that route, too, on the road to Escanaba, there were Packer fans and shanties all over the place. I bet. Yes. All right, uh, Chief Knight, thank you so much. A, you told me before we started that you listen on 104.7 every afternoon uh, out of Petoskey. Appreciate that. Appreciate you and the Harbor Springs Police Department and your commitment to serve and protect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and I enjoy your show. Big. Bad. Huge.